Welcome to a special edition of Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. Uh, as some of you may know, it's Labor Day this weekend, and so we're going to give America a day off to celebrate the three-day weekend. But uh, because America gets a day off, uh, we're going to do a special European special. And uh, that means that all the games that we play tonight are games that were released in Europe, but not in North America. That's right. We get to celebrate the things that we didn't get to play. But instead, we get Metroid. Yeah, that's true. I haven't played it yet. I know. I'm, I guess I'm saving it for the, the long weekend. <laughs> That'll be nice. Except that means i got to uh, put Dragon Quest VIII on hold, which kind of makes me sad. That's okay, though, because uh, we have a, this special podcast edition of Radio Trivia to make everybody happy. Uh, yeah. Normally, we do not accept... Uh, European-only games for Radio Trivia, but obviously this is a special exception, and it's a chance for us to squeeze in some games we normally could not choose. So, enjoy, uh, and even if you haven't played the games before, hopefully you'll enjoy the music. Now, without further ado, Game 1. I wonder if anyone has figured out what system this is even on. I've never even heard that music before. <laughs> well, second song.
And I love the music from this game. That was that was some nice music there. Really catchy. Yeah. I I really like the music from this game and I'll I'll talk more about it. Well, we have a trivia question. What's the name of the spinning craft that the main character pilots in this game? Ooh, there's a hint. Yes. Recognize that game. Very 8 bitish, which I suppose is appropriate, even though it's. Well, I guess it was an 8 bit system. So, no, it wasn't. What am I saying? It's a 32 bit system. The game is Kuru Kuru Kuderin. That's right. Uh, it was released in Japan and Europe, but us Americans have just missed out on them all. We got shafted. Yeah, we did. Uh, I actually got to pick it up when I was in Japan, and uh, I really did not regret it. It was a very fun distraction. So I pick up the first one and, uh, like, hey, this is good music. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have an answer to that trivia question. Well, I think a lot of people probably know it. Uh, the answer is what, well, the question was, what, uh, what's the name of the helicopter that your little uh, penguin buddy flies around in? And the answer is the, either the Hererin or the Hellerin? Hellerin? Hellerin. It's called the Hellerin. Hellerin? I don't know. I think it's headed in. Uh, you're right, it did come out in Europe, so it probably do have a actual spelling in English. Fine, yeah. Hellerin. you got to remember that uh, that the R in J- Japanese translates it into an L in English. Anyway, I still want to call it Hellerin. Call it what you will. And that's, that's final. You're the boss.
there's a little ditty fodder, yeah. Yes. trivia question. So what was so unusual about this game's on-screen display? That's quite a hint there. I think a lot of our listeners probably figured out this is a Konami game. Yes. Just from the style of the music. It almost sounds like an inspiration for Mario Kart. Well, no, actually this game was more of an inspiration for uh, a series that's very popular around the world, except for, of course, America, which is uh, International Superstar Soccer. Do I have that right? ISS? I think so. So... This actually is not an entry in the ISS series. It's on the NES before ISS existed. It's actually the predecessor. Yeah, so uh, this is Konami Hyper Soccer. and Or football. I bet you it uses like the same engine as Blades of Steel. Uh, why do I get the feeling that you're right? Uh, they're probably fairly similar games, actually. Probably developed by the same team. Were they? Probably. Yeah. So, uh, now that you know that it's a soccer game, what was so unusual about the on-screen display? The score wasn't shown. That seems pretty odd, and I, I wonder if it was had to do with how many sprites they had on screen. I'm thinking that would be the case. It looks pretty good for an NES game. I haven't even seen any screenshots of it. <laughs> I chose it on music alone. It looks pretty good. 
Well, it was like, what, like a 1992 game? I'm not even sure. I didn't even look at the year when I was researching the question. Well, I mean, Blades of Steel came out near the end of uh, NES's life cycle, so I, I imagine Konami Hyper Soccer did as well. You're probably not too far off from the truth. Anyway, on to the third game, which uh, actually is a reader request. So By two viewers. That's right. Two viewers requested this game pretty much on the same day, actually. So we just had to do it. And it was the inspiration for this special European edition. Likes me that music. Yes, I I found it appealing as well. Right, on to the next game. Correction, there, Gov. On the next song. the beautiful music to ask you a question here. What was the main character's weapon of choice? Not much of a hint there, but it's a good question nonetheless.
<laughs> That's pretty. Yes, I love it. It's pretty good. What's well, the with the question was pretty good too. What was it? What was the character's weapon of choice? Oh right, right, right. Um, well, it was not a sword, which I was surprised to hear. It's a spear, and I'm actually very interested in this game. And all things considered, there is a ray of hope that it would show up even in the U.S. because uh, the only Enix game that has shown up so far has been developed by this developer published by Enix. So, uh, this was developed by the same guys that did ActRaiser. Wow. Pretty darn good game there. <laughs> I still haven't played it. And as soon as Johnny hears that, I'm sure he'll be listening and yelling at me, saying, I told you to download that, damn it! <laughs> Only with more of an accent. Wendy will probably fire you. Yeah, well, you know, he told me to, he told me to do it over and over again, and I guess I just don't trust him. What can I say? Terra Enigma um, was actually, it sounds like, a lot like Illusion of Gaia, which I, I actually like, too. And I hope to see Illusion of Gaia on, on Virtual Console, because it's, it's a little crude, but it's fun and, and different. Don't worry, it'll probably be out soon. I think so. The game I want to see, though, is Mario RPG. That's true, and that's not beyond the realm of possibility either at this point. I don't know. I, I guess this wasn't published in America because Enix had given up on its American branch by that point. Is that is that correct? And shut it down. And have Enix games ever done well in America? Dragon Quest has done pretty well. I don't think so. Maybe the first one did, but I know by 3 it was not selling well in the U.S. Very popular in Japan, and I think it's pretty popular in Europe, too. And it's no coincidence Dragon Quest Eight was localized by a European team. The U.S. version, it's a British localization, again. No way, no two buts about it. The spelling, the, the voices, it, European. They start riots over Dragon Quest in Japan. <laughs> yeah. I think like, I think like the eight Dragon Quest eight sold like six million units on the first day alone. Hey, it's a good game. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love how this is turning into uh, Radio Free Nintendo about like three months too late or something. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, uh, Terra Enigma, uh, an interesting uh, SNES RPG that us Americans never saw. Or even played. Yeah, <laughs> that.
Could that even be considered music? Yes, yes it is. Sound like a bunch of noise to me. No, it it's music. Now that was music. That was music. But the first one was too. Darn it. I believe we have a question. Who is famous for single-handedly reprogramming this game?
Interesting music. Well, I actually own this game. Although I can't say uh, I remember all the music all that well. Um, this is Doshin the Giant, which was re-released for GameCube in Japan and Europe. Another game we didn't get here in the U.S. Yeah, well, you know, it was originally on the 64DD, so I'm surprised anyone got to play it at all. We weren't missing out on much, though. Well, it was an interesting game. I, I gotta say, the, the second song is my favorite thing about the game. Uh, the second song we played. Um, it's pretty tedious. The, the giant walks way too slowly. I mean, way too slowly. And just, I don't know, the controls are kind of cumbersome, so I, I don't know. It, it's hard to get people where you want them without squashing them and things like that, you know? Yeah. And you gotta raise and lower the land, and it's kind of crude. I, I don't know, do you ever play the game? I played a little bit. I, um... <laughs> had a friend who imported it a lot, some years ago. He's since moved away, and I played it for about five or ten minutes and decided I didn't like it. Yeah. It's my first and only God game. That's right, including Act Razor. You didn't play Black and White? No. What's wrong with you? I, I didn't want to play Black and White, and I think I made the right decision. That is the God game. Exactly, and I don't want. I don't think. I don't think I like God games, so I decided not to play it. Well, we have a answer to the trivia question. Right. It, the, once again, the controls are kind of clunky. I, I don't know what they were like on uh, on 64DD. They were probably just as clunky. So I probably should not blame Giles Goddard, who supposedly single-handedly reprogrammed this. I don't know if that's really true, but he was definitely the the main guy who who did the port. That is his claim to fame. It's one of them. He, he's also pretty famous for his Star Fox on the SNES and 1080 on N64. But, uh, what is he yeah. famous for on those? Well, for being one of the main programmers. <laughs> oh, so he's this big programming wizard. Yeah, he's a big programming wizard from England. Interesting. Contract.
offbeat song there. Well, supposedly this game is cor- correlating um, source material is very popular in Europe and has been for a very long time. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about it, so you're going to have to fill me in once we have the answer. But first, the question. What ancient tribe was the main character from, and what empire are they resisting? That's a huge hint. Yeah, well, you got to know something about the game if you're going to figure it out from the hit, though. See that sounds like like a depressing Korean worker song, but maybe I'm stepping out of my bounds here. It actually sounds kind of humorous. Humorous. It's sad, yes. sad sounding, like slavery or something. The game was Asterix the Gaul. And I don't. That doesn't mean anything to me. So what the heck is Asterix? Asterix is a long-standing comic book character that has been around for about 50 or so years. Maybe even more. It was a, about this character who was a member of the Gaul tribe and their various adventures of resisting the Roman Empire. No, oh, those crazy Romans. So is it kind of like, like Sonic the Hedgehog where he, he's making uh, Robotnik mad? It's basically... The game was basically Asterix going through all these levels beating up on... Uh, these Romans. And so is this comic book series only in Europe, or is it just really popular in Europe? Yes, it's all, it's only in Europe. Well, I hadn't heard of it before, so I learned something today. It, it's actually seen um, iterations throughout generations of consoles on the SNES, the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, GameCube. There's a GameCube game? Yes. Wow. And what's interesting about the Game Boy Advance game is it, it's the um, first Game Boy Advance game to use uh, true 3D. Did, did it use Vexels? No, it used actual polygons. Oh. So, I mean, I mean that's impressive, technically speaking, that you can do that, but, I mean, how do you make a good game when you're dedicating all your effort into, I don't, I don't know, it just seems to me like there's got to be detracting from somewhere else. It was a very simple game. 
I have to admit. Yeah. It had basically one song throughout the whole time I played it. The geometry and character models were very, very simple. Hmm, this, you know, reminds me, I, I still have not opened up my copy of X for the original Game Boy, which is famous for having 3D graphics. You still have a sealed copy of that? I don't I don't think it's really a sealed copy. It's It was used. But it's sealed in its used packaging, if that makes any sense to you. You got my hopes up. I don't think it's new. I got it for the equivalent of three bucks. Maybe four bucks. I, I don't remember what the exchange rate was then. It's really amazing what some of these companies have done with inferior hardware throughout the years. Well, sure. I mean, even just sound, talking about like the music, like some of that NES music is like, how'd they do that? <laughs> and the time we did um, Body Harvest for the N64. Right. What, a fan- what fantastic music. Yeah. Well, like Conker's Bad Fur Day had some stuff like that, too, where it's like fully, you know, string performance, but it's MIDI. How did they fit this on a cartridge? Yeah. Although the Nintendo did say that, that the N64 could handle CD-quality music. <laughs> yeah, if that's the only thing you put in your cartridge, and it's one track long. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it can't hold much CD-quality music if, uh, if there's no compression going on. Although... They did, a company did manage to fit Resident Evil 2 on a cartridge. Yeah, I'm sure there was some crazy compression going on there. And it was just as good as the um, PlayStation version. Well, it may have looked a little better because PlayStation graphics weren't as good as N64 graphics. Unless you count FMV and you know I don't. No, you don't. So... Anyway, uh, so that was Asterisk, and this was uh, our special tribute to Europe because they asked so hard for us to play Terranigma. Yeah. yeah so I, who are we to argue? I mean, when, when both Retro Man and, uh, and Caliban asked for Terranigma, what, what are you, you going to do? But give them Terranigma. So. I actually had a lot of fun putting this together with you. Yeah, it was, it was a good change of pace. We, we kind of had to hunt a little bit to, to find some games that fit the bill. But I think we, could, we got a good lineup here. It was a lot of fun. Europe-only um, releases aren't really as well publicized as Japan-only releases. Well, we'll have to do that sometime, too, now, won't we? Yeah. Look forward to it. When you least expect it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, good night. Now back to Metro. Good night, folks. Guru Kurin is copyright 2001 Nintendo eating. Konami Hyper Soccer is copyright 1992 Konami. Paranigma is copyright 1996 Quintet Enix. Doshin the Giant is copyright 2002 Param Nintendo. Asterix the Gaul is copyright 1993 Infogram.